Thanks everyone. Good morning. Um, praise the Lord. That's a great verse, isn't it? My strength is made perfect in weakness. So uh, that's a good omen for me today. <laughs> Amen. Um, so we're, 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 we're going back to the book of Romans again. Um, I know I might have mentioned to some of you, maybe if you could read so Romans chapter 5, 6, 7 and 8, um, because we, we'll be looking at that, or at least I'll be, I'll be looking at that over um, the next period. And uh, we're looking at back to the basics, or as Munchie titled it, basic Christianity. <laughs> Um, sounds a bit fancier so let's go with that basic Christianity and you may remember the last couple of weeks we looked at we did the first week was at the blood and how essentially the blood is God's standard there's nothing we can do to add to it or take away from it that's it and it's the blood that takes away our sins I know it's it's Christianity 101 but even, even at that, sometimes we do not realize that there is nothing we can do to um, absolve ourselves of our sins. There's nothing. It's only the blood, and that is God's standards. That's God's atonement, atoning sacrifice, Jesus Christ. That's it. So that's our sins. And then we talked about sin. So the blood takes away our sins, but then we still have the problem of sin the thorny old problem of sin and um, that is an ongoing issue okay but at the same time uh, we mentioned that I mentioned the last time it's um, God deals with our sin the the issue of sin or if you like our sinful nature um, on the cross as well uh, through, the, through the body of Jesus that we are crucified our old man was crucified on the cross. So I said last time that it was kind of like a, a Ripley's believe it or not, that we died with Jesus on the cross. Hard to believe, but we died. Um, whether we believe it or we don't believe it, it's true. Okay, so that's, that's, that's just kind of the fact we want, wanted to get, get home last time, is that whether we believe or not, it is true. So it's God's believe it or believe it not. It doesn't matter. It's true. Okay? That we died, our, our, our old nature died on the cross with Jesus. Okay? And I know it's hard to believe. And now <laughs> we're going to try and hopefully make it a little bit more believable uh, today. Um, so turn with me to Romans chapter 6. <clears throat> And I know I read this passage last time, but I do want to read it again. <coughs> so let's, we'll see how much we get through today. And we might take it up next, next week. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may more abound? May, may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead the glory, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Amen. 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 Are you walking in that newness of life? Do you feel like you're walking in the newness of life? For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead, indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves, slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death, or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine in which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak to you in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness, uncleanliness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things which you are now ashamed? For the end of these things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and to the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Father, I do thank you for your word. And Lord, I know it, it's quite complicated, some of it, Lord. Um, but I do pray, Father, whatever um, is the word that you want to speak to us this morning, that that will become clear in our hearts by your spirit Lord
Amen. Amen. So Paul was obviously writing to the Romans, epistle to the Romans. Rome, as we know, was the big, the center of, of um, civilization, so to speak, uh, back in, in uh, 2000 years ago. And he wasn't just writing to Romans, he was obviously writing to believers, the church in Rome. And many of those believers were Jews, okay? And a rumor had gone around that Paul had said, listen, it's all about grace now. All about grace. Forget the law. It's all about grace. You can do what you want. Right? You can, you can have the best of both worlds. You can have salvation, forgiveness, and you can, you can sin to, to beat the band. So that was a rumor that was going around, and there's, there's a, there's a term for it, antinomianism, antinomianism. So I don't think that'll ever come up in a pub quiz. <laughs> um, but that was the kind of, the, the, the rumor was that Paul was peddling this belief, okay? And uh, it's, it's interesting, even today, like, you know, you go on YouTube and you'll see all these videos there's so many videos. I mean, it's, it, can be, it can be quite um, enticing in a way to, you know, to see all these debates that are going on about different preachers, especially when it's pre particular preachers. You know, oh, this preacher has been outed because he said X, Y. And you, and you go, and, and the headline is, you know, heretical, heretical preacher says Jesus is not the Son of God or something. Well, and you click on the clip, and it's a five-second clip, the, you know, that they're... He says something, and it's probably taken out of context, right? Now, sometimes it's not. There, are, there, there, are, there is an increasing number of false teachers. We know that. Um, but a lot of the time, it's taken out of context. And no doubt, Paul was taken out of context. And no doubt, if Paul was alive today, there would be loads of videos uh, taking what he says out, out of context. Um, but at the same time, you have to realize for, for the Jews of, of, of that time, even for Jews today, the concept of grace triumphing over, over the law or, you know, um, taking over from the law, it was a mind-blowing concept. It was like, you know, it... It, it took the rug from under them, everything that basically that they believed. Okay, everything that they believed. Because you know, they, the, the law, they held up the law, the Torah so, so high. And all of a sudden, uh, there was this new um, belief system, this new teaching about grace. And I mean, when you think about it, grace as a concept, in, in, in history up until that point was probably non-existent. There might have been a few examples of people demonstrating grace, but as a, as a concept, it was, it was probably uh, not really in people's minds. So this was a whole new concept, and it was challenging, you know, the system of, of a, a fairly 
reasonable system in many, many respects of the law. You know, you do something wrong, you get punished. You do something right, you get blessed. Okay? Um, so this was a, it was a, a big challenge. So here is Paul uh, addressing, because in, in, in chapter 5 he talks about He's, not, he's still not afraid, even though, you know, people may be saying, you know, he's, he's a false teacher. He's still not afraid to say, grace is brilliant, you know, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. I mean, it's, it's amazing, really. You know, it's amazing. We, we were in town last night, Audrey and myself, meeting some friends for dinner, and um, we hadn't been in town in the evening, on a Saturday evening. You see sin abounding. You really see it, Saturday night, sin abounding more and more. But praise the Lord, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. And we have to believe that and, 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 and pray that. Um, <clears throat> but in chapter 5, he's talking about, you know, grace. It's where sin abounds, grace more abounds. So he's not ashamed at all of the gospel, you know. He's not ashamed of the gospel and the, and the gospel of grace. But at the same time, he has to nip in the bud the, the idea that you can use the grace as a license uh, to, to sin. So that's, that's where he says, well, what should we say then? Shall we sin that grace may more abound? Certainly not. Some translations say, God forbid. God forbid that we say that. that, with that. And he repeats it in, in verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So when, when you were baptized, if you were baptized, when you were baptized, you were baptized into the death of Jesus, you under the water. Um, <clears throat> that just, and that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of Father, even so you should also walk in the newness of life. So um, we were baptized into his death, but we were raised into the newness of life with Jesus. Okay, so we said last week, or not, last time I was speaking, we, our, our old man died with Jesus, but it's not just that. See, we, we have the life, the new life with Jesus, his resurrection life. For if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified him with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So he's a dying, but then there's a living. Right? Again, it's basic Christianity. There's dying. Jesus died. He lives now to God. We die with Jesus. We live to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's all well and good. And it's, you know, it's, it's amazing you know, when Paul, Paul's such a gifted teacher, you know, he's, he's bringing out this, this is like the central teaching of the gospel, of, of what the um, theologians will call sanctification. So we have our, we're saved, you know, we're, we're saved by the blood of Jesus, but this is the, 
the, the, the working out of that. This is, this is living our life, becoming more like Jesus, living for God, okay? The sanctification. And this is the central piece here, on, or a, a very central piece on sanctification. And, it, you know, he's really good at how he explains it, but yet it's still a bit complicated, okay? So, um, but praise the Lord. I was just thinking there, you know, if, if Paul was around nowadays, would he just have sent a quick email? Would he have flown over to, to Rome? You know, he had to send a letter, and praise the Lord that he had to send a long letter, and praise the Lord for the depth of... Um, the depth of writing that people had back then in those days. You know? The depth of writing. But for all that, it does pose a question. It poses a question, uh, certainly to me, and probably to each of us. In our experience, in our day-to-day experience, is this what we're experiencing? So we talked about, you know, this is the, we're talking about the normal Christian life. Is this what we are, are experiencing? Are we walking in the newness of life? Is the body of sin dead in us? Is the body of sin dead in us? And um, this is where it gets a bit complicated. Because because when you think about it, you, you we still sin. We sin. And in First uh, John, it says, it, it both talks about not sinning anymore and then saying, if you don't sin, you're a liar. Okay? So we still sin. So how do we balance the two? It is certainly God's will for our lives that we, have, we are living a life delivered from sin. Okay? And uh, I, I said about that man, uh, man, Watchman Nee, the book he wrote, he makes a good distinction. We often talk about victory over our sin. We are victorious over our sin, like we defeated it. But he's saying sin, as a principle, still rises up inside us, right? It still rises up inside us. And God is delivering us from it. So it hasn't, it, it isn't complete, the, the principle of sin isn't completely dead. But, but we are no longer a slave to sin, right? So what that means, in my understanding, at least, is that God has given us the power to overcome sin. And that power is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And it's the same power, to say, the, 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 in Ephesians, Paul says, the, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that is working in you. Okay? So we have that power to overcome sin. Now, Satan, Satan may be tick, but he's not stupid, right? And he's not going to tempt us if, if we don't have the capacity to, to sin. Right? So we still have the capacity to sin. Otherwise, Satan would not tempt us. Why would he bother? Okay? So we still have the capacity to sin. So when it says that the body of sin might be done away with, we were crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. 
I really believe that it is talking about um, our ability to overcome sin. Okay? But that only comes from when we are in Christ. Not our own strength. Our strength is made perfect. His strength is made perfect in our way. Not in our own strength. Okay? So, what we need to do is, first of all, know. We need to know. It says, knowing, knowing this, that our old man was crucified. We need, first thing we need to do is we need to know that our old man was crucified. Okay? It's one thing to see it on the page and, and intellectually go, yeah, the old man was crucified, it says it there. It's another thing to know it in our knower, so to speak. Okay? So we need to know that the old man was crucified, that we're no longer a slave. We're no longer a slave to sin. Okay? We are now slaves to righteousness. We need to know that. It is a historical fact that Jesus died. It is also a historical fact uh, that our old man was crucified with him. It is not a historical fact that our physical body died with Jesus. Because it's still here. Okay? And so it's also not a historical fact that we, we, the capacity never to sin died with Jesus. Because it didn't. Because you know, we, we see that our, our ability to do that. Um, but it is a historical fact that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is working in us. Okay? And that the old man was crucified with him. Can we say the sinful nature was crucified? There's, there's a big debate about that. Okay? But sufficient to say is that God has given us the power. Now, um, Watchman Nee makes a, a good point. You know, if, if you had, you remember the prohibition, for example, in, in you're, you're all too, too young to remember it, but the prohibition in the 1930s, I think it was, when they you know, banned alcohol in, in the States. You, you remember, and it turned out, it kind of backfired in many ways. Some people say that it still unbalanced worked, but it backfired in many ways because once they banned the alcohol, a lot of people were, were getting it. There was a lot of uh, crime gangs getting it, mafia and all of that. They were, they were distributing it, okay? You see the same up in, up in you know, with, with um, up the north, you know, if, uh, if something gets banned, they, they smuggle it down. Um, and the point is that you can, you, you can just say, I'm going to try and get rid of something, but unless you actually, um, destroyed the means of production of that. So the factories, unless you just destroy the distilleries, you know, um, you can put a ban on it, but people are going to get their hands on, on wine. You can take all the wine or all the, all the whiskey from, from the, the, the stores, but it's still going to be um, manufactured. Okay? And the same way, God, he doesn't just take away our sins with, with the blood. Um, he wants to destroy the means of production, which is our sinful nature. He wants to deliver us from the sinful nature. Okay? And that's, this, that's if you like, 
the sanctification piece. But in order for us to walk in that, in order for us to walk in that, we need to, first of all, well, we need to read it. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. But we also need to know it in our knower. Okay? So if you don't know it in your knower, uh, that, that um, you're, you are a new creation, if you don't know, pray to God. Say, God, give me revelation that I am a new creation. Okay? Because what the devil does, the devil's, one of his many tactics is to call into question divine facts, divine realities, things that happened, okay? And things that are true, that God says are true in his word. And one of those things is that you are a new creation, that the old man has died. So when we sin, straight away the devil says, you know, are you really a new creation? You know, can you really overcome sin? Doesn't look like it, does it? And that can often sideline us from um, walking in the things that God has for us, okay? Walking in the, the works that he has prepared in advance for us to do, okay? It's not true. It may seem like a reality because we, we do sin, but it's not, it's, in, it's contradictory uh, to, to what the word of God says. So we need to know it in our knower. So even when um, we, we sin, we go, okay, that's, that's the sin rising up on me, but I am a new creation. Um, I, I'm living in the resurrected life of Jesus, and I have the power to overcome that, especially when temptation comes to us. I have the power. God has given me the power. Not my power. God has given me um, the, uh, the power, the resurrection power of Jesus. So we need to know it. And then there's another, um, <clears throat> there's another word there. It's called reckon. It says, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead, indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So reckon. What does the word reckon? What does it mean by reckon? When, we, when, when someone asks us for directions, oh, I reckon, I reckon it's, you know, I reckon it's down that, down that way, right? It's kind of a, a vague thing, isn't it? That's not what the word reckon means here. Reckon, actually, it's, it's uh, like an accounting term. Okay? So when Bede is counting the money, the offering, and he sees, okay, I've, I have 5,000 euro this week in, in, in the uh, offering, offering um, box. He reckons, when he writes down on the... On the a notebook, 5,000. That is reckoning what he has. Okay, so he's making a record. Okay, so I have 5,000, and I'm writing 5,000 down. Okay, so when it says, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It basically is saying, just, okay, 
mentally, you know, you know that you're, you're dead to sin, but alive um, to God in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. So mentally, that's the way you need to start thinking. Okay? Now, I know there's these, um, there's always counterfeits, but there's these, I think, manifests, is that what they call them? These events that happen where people kind of, they want to be something or, you know, they want some gold or something, and they, they kind of manifest, oh, I'm going to be, you know, whatever, I'm going to be a pop star, or I'm going to be, you know, rich, or whatever, I'm going to, I'm going to be married, or whatever it is, okay? And it's almost like this power of positive thinking. That's not what this is, okay? It's not denying reality. This is saying something that happened 2,000 years ago is true. When I came to, it, and it became true for me when I became a Christian, okay? That I died, uh, my, died to sin and I'm alive to God in, in Christ Jesus our Lord. So mentally, that, that's what reckoning is. It's just saying, this, this, this happened, and now I'm, I'm, I'm going to think that way. Okay? Therefore, <clears throat> do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you not under law, but under grace. So, it's easy to say, I know it's easy to say, um, never got that. <laughs> but it, it is a, it's a fundamental what, we should, what should we say? Building block of, of being a Christian. To know that God has given you the power to overcome sin. Okay? He's given you the power to overcome sin. But if we decide, okay, he's given me the power, but I'm, I'm still going to present myself uh, to sin, to unrighteousness, then we will become a slave to that, okay? Because it is still a powerful thing, okay? So that's where we need to repent. That's where we need to repent and turn around. First, mentally go, no, I am a new creation. I am a new creation. Okay, I've, I've gone, I've presented myself to the sin and unrighteousness, but I am a new creation. And Paul gives the example of um, slavery. Okay, so slavery is not something that we can probably relate to as much as they did back in the day. Obviously, back in the day, there was uh, slavery was abundant. Um, I suppose the most similar thing we can we can think about is our jobs. Okay, if you got if you're in in work. You have an employer, and if you change job, that employer no longer has anything over you. Okay? You have a new employer, you serve the new employer. That makes sense? So, I'll give an example. I, I had a job 
many years ago, a dead-end job, and uh, <coughs> I just, it just caught my eye when it said, for the end of these things is death. The wages of sin is death. I had a job, and it was a dead-end job. Right? I just I didn't enjoy it. I didn't feel I was good at it. I, it was, it was, um, I felt I was going nowhere. And I was praying to God, Lord, get me out of this job. And he landed me with a job that I, I, I could never have asked for. It was the best job ever. Really, just it's, it's everything I had trained for. And um, the Lord really, really, really blessed me in that job. I was never, ever going to go back to the old job. Okay, Never. It didn't mean I, I didn't have to work in the new job. I still had to work. Uh, but I was never going to go back to the old job. The only reason you might go back to the old job is maybe if you're doing a nixer, you know, get some extra money. And sometimes maybe we think, okay, Christianity is great, but I just want to go back and do a nixer and, you know, get something extra um, from um, my, old, my old life. But the bottom line is that you have a new employer and your old employer has no rights over you. He has no rights over you. gift of God is eternal life. So God wants us to walk in the newness of life. Um, I don't care if it doesn't feel real to you at the moment. <laughs> I don't mean that in a, in a, in a bad way. But I, I don't want us to focus on our experience primarily, right? I want to focus us to focus on what Jesus has done on the cross and what God promises, right? This is, that, is not to, that is not to deny that sin rises up. It does, okay? And that's why we need to be um, particularly aware of the, of the devil's schemes. We also need to be particularly aware of, without God, that we are still, we are still selfish, um, but God doesn't want us to have a defeatist attitude that if we, oh, I've sinned, that's it. I'm no use to God. Because it's not true. I'll just, I'll just close by reading um, Ephesians. And... Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he may show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For grace you, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance that we should walk in them. 
For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So that was, God has created you for good works, and he wants you to walk in them. The devil wants to sideline you. Okay? The devil wants to sideline you. God wants you to walk um, in these good works. And I'm just thinking again of, of Rufus's talk uh, last Sunday about vision. And uh, it was such a blessing to me. I don't know about you, but it was such a blessing to me, such an encouragement. Um, we, we really do need vision. We need to pray into that, what that vision is for the church. But we are definitely part of the vision, obviously. And God has created us. He's created good works for us in advance since time began. And he wants us to walk in those good works. In the newness of life uh, that Jesus has, has, or God has given us through Christ Jesus. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word again this morning. And Lord, I do pray, <clears throat> Lord, for each of us, Lord, that the, the theory of, of what we've read, Lord, will uh, become reality in our hearts, um, become a reality in my heart, Lord, and become a reality in each of our hearts. Father, we want to know that resurrection power um, when Satan does tempt us to despair, Lord. We want to know the resurrection power of Jesus in our lives, that we can walk in those good works, Father, that you have created us to do in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray, increase our faith now, Lord. Increase our faith, Lord. Increase our faith. Sorry, that's the last thing I wanted to say. <laughs> you know, all of this comes by faith. I know it's, a, it's another basic, basic, but the belief that our old, old man has been defeated, that God has given us the power to overcome sin, comes by faith. So we might feel weak, and that's where we need to have faith in um, the Word of God. The Word, not faith in our experience, our past failures, what other people say about us, etc., etc. We need to have faith in the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Amen.